This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. But yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Thursday, September 24th. This is episode 304. My name is Dan Ellis. My last I checked, I was a Ryan Duffy. <laughs> there's this other guy on the phone. Who's, yeah, according to my computer programming. Who's uh, going to gonna talk with me and all of you on the phone and stuff. Well, technically, I'm on my computer. Uh-huh. You're on your phone. You, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a weird setup we have. And so I'm on my new phone. Uh, and Ooh. and I might be getting a new new phone. Yeah, because you uh you got a new phone and you instantly like a child broke it. I promptly decided fuck this phone. <laughs> Twelve hundred dollar piece of shit. Fuck it. I'm gonna uh, just drop it and then step on it. Uh, what have you? It's been a little while since we recorded, man. So yeah, well, what you been doing? My my power was out for a little while. My bandsaw finally showed up when I had no electricity. Oh. Did you go buy a generator just so you could play with your bandsaw? It crossed my mind. Yeah. No, it was, uh, we just kind of camped in the house for a few days. Yeah. Which, which was fun. So when did the power uh, finally come back on? Was it on Sunday? It was that, that Saturday. So power went out Tuesday and it came back Saturday for us. Oh, wow. So we went to the dog park and I got back from the dog park and Sarah went to go have brunch with some of her coworkers. And I got home and I was looking through the window or through the front, the window on the front door. And I was like, that looks like a light on inside the house. That's not normal. <laughs> Especially with no electricity. Mm-hmm. And I walked in and I was like, yay. So I just sent Sarah a video of the ceiling fan moving. So while you were plunged into darkness for those five days, uh, yeah. was, was crime rampant in your neighborhood? Everybody's no, like, power's uh, was, out, we're going to fucking peaceful. start looting. No, no, no one looted. Uh, I hung out in my garage with my hand tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, just doing it old school. Uh, we had fires that night to, to light the skies. And a uh, camp stove to cook on. Oh, isn't that was, quaint uh, and nice? Yeah. I mean, I was waiting for the anarchists to show up from uh, Washington and New York and Oregon and stuff, but... They never showed up. I mean, it would have been prime raping and pillage time. <laughs> uh huh. But they just—they decided it wasn't uh, wasn't going to happen. Oh. Well, that's that's good, I suppose. Yeah, so, I was looking forward to it, though. It's a, it's a good thing that it would have were... been a true apocalypse. <laughs> well, we still have a few months left. <laughs> in and it's looking like we might get our wish. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, we may be headed for an apocalypse. Uh, so you you got the new bandsaw, and once the power came yeah. on, you were you were able to play with the new bandsaw. How's it working out for oh, you? Oh yeah, oh it works great. I'm able to do so much more stuff now, as far as uh, resawing all my own wood. Hmm. So I, I'm liking that. Well, that's pretty yeah. cool, man. 
Yeah, we got to we got to burn about ten thousand acres at work. You got uh, to. Well, we had a wildfire started by artillery. Mm-hmm. So we we just burned the whole area off, and that's where I learned a drainage ditch that you can't see can turn into a about a what a twenty foot torch. Say what now? So we were burning one side of the road off to kind of make a barrier so the fire could burn towards it and have a big barrier so it wouldn't jump the road. Mm-hmm. And a ditch was just completely filled with tumbleweed, so you couldn't really even... You, you didn't know how deep it was. It was like six foot deep, mm-hmm. filled with tumbleweed. And when that went, we didn't know there was a drainage ditch going through underneath the road until all of a sudden the other side of the road had about a 20-foot tall torch coming out of it we're like oh fuck <laughs> so, so that got really hot so and we're trying to put we're trying to put it out we're putting water on it for a good five minutes like nothing's happening <laughs> then we realize it's literally a tube and air is just rushing through it just acting like a blowtorch mm-hmm. so yeah all the it was a plastic culvert as well so oh. that all melted well that's completely gone underneath yeah. the road uh-huh and uh we saved the day <laughs> you saved yeah. the day by setting the culvert on fire well no by putting it out well didn't you guys set it on we fire didn't. to begin with well we didn't start the culvert on fire we started the field on fire <laughs> but there uh-huh. was artillery that already started half that field on fire and uh-huh. they were going to be firing for two weeks so we're like they're just going to keep starting this field on fire let's burn it all off right now <laughs> you see kids if we don't kill them they're all going to die and it was in an impact range. Uh-huh. It's been an impact range since World War II. Uh-huh. So you're not allowed to go into it. Mm. So we just burned the entire range where they dropped bombs. You'd think there'd be less dead stuff in there, but it burned for about four days. Oh, really? Well, four days of unmitigated fire up in this hizzy. Well, it was controlled. Uh-huh. So it was mitigated. Yeah. We were controlling the movement of the fire by burning certain areas off to make it want to go a different way. It was one of those rare cases of a mitigated disaster. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it would have sucked if it jumped the road and really took off mm-hmm. or it would have happened a week earlier when we had those 50 mile an hour winds. We would have been what we called fucked. <laughs> You'd have turned into little burritos out there in your, in your uh, fire blankets. Well, not that it would just be, the fire would be moving so fast, it would be hard to get in front of it yeah. to cut it off. So, and uh, so there's they had that, a lot of stuff that goes boom out there. Yeah. The, the, so there's that movie about the firefighters who died. I'm trying to remember the name of the movie. Uh, the one from Arizona on the granite fire? Yeah. Only the, the Brave? Who, with the guy yeah. Who, yeah, yeah, the guy who played Thanos. Um, yeah. So I, I, maybe you can, I don't think I ever asked you about this. Maybe you can shed some light on something for me. So in the movie, it, it, you know, shows a few different scenes of them with their like fire shell blanket thingy that I yeah. mean, it, it basically just looks like, you know, mylar blankets potato. that they, that they put themselves in if the fire gets too close to them and they need to kind of try to shelter in place. But I yeah. mean, doesn't that really just turn you into like a hot pocket? 
A little bit. It's it's supposed to prevent the direct impingement of fire onto you. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. So, like, it, you're not gonna, you know, the flames won't be licking your flesh, but you, you, I mean, you're just you're turning yourself into a baked potato in the oven, right? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna suck. Yeah. Like, if you got to get in one of those, it's going to suck really, really bad. Well, do I mean, do uh, people actually use those and survive, or is it just yeah, a security Yeah, there was actually, thing? in the California fires, there was uh, uh, one of the ranger stations where some wildland fires were at just two weeks ago, mm-hmm. got overran by the fire, and they had to get in their shelters, and they all survived. Uh, two of them were in critical condition afterwards, though, and taken to the hospital, but they all survived. Wow. So, yeah, I, I just figured it was like literally a security blanket thing that it wasn't really going to do much for you because you're still a human person in, you know, hundreds or thousand degree temperatures with flames all over you. The point of it is when you get into one, you kind of, you got some little spots where you're supposed to put your hands into it Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to literally fall onto your face. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you're trying to trap as much good air inside of the thing as possible, mm-hmm. and then just hold it as tight as you can to the ground. You're also p- supposed to try to clear out the area around where you want to do it, whether you burn it out really fast, so that way hopefully the fire goes around you instead of over top of you. Uh, but the, you're supposed to, when you do that, go down, so you're putting a barrier of air, which is also for you to breathe, between you and the shelter itself, and the shelter itself is multiple layers in it that are designed to help insulate you. So yeah, it might be a thousand degrees outside, but hopefully it's only like four or 500 degrees inside, <laughs> which is like a house fire for, uh, hopefully not very long. Cause yeah, hopefully it's not long, yeah. but I mean, if it comes down on top of you and you got stuff underneath you or it gets so hot that you're just combust and yeah, that's not good. Yeah. But there were some fuck ups on that one. There was one from the movie. Oh yeah, well, like like what what happened? Uh, like you can actually hear their radio calls and they're calling for help, and one of the commands gets on the radio and says, "Shut up, get off our network." Oh Jesus! When they're screaming for help, like, "Hey, we are being overran. We're getting in our shelters. We need fucking help now." Uh, but their other problem, where I think they kind of screwed up a little bit, which you see in the movie, was they thought they had time to run to a, a different safe zone mm-hmm. run down the hill and get to an area where it won't burn mm-hmm. but they had just left an area that was up the mountain that was already burned so if they would have ran back up to the top of the mountain they would have been safe because that area had already been burned out and the fire would have burned below them mm. but they went through a canyon and the fire came over top of that mountain and canyons act as like you know shoots for wind to travel so as soon as it broke the top of the mountain and the wind just carried it straight down the mountain. Wow. And not good. Yeah. Not bueno. They, they all died. I, that, and that's, yeah, and yeah. that's part of the reason why I, I was like, is it just a security blanket thing? Like I didn't know that they are actually somewhat efficacious in protecting people. Yeah. I mean, they're designed to protect you. But it's kind of just like our bunker gear that we wear in a fire it's got limitations as well. Like it will catch fire and burn to you at a certain point. Uh, just like those, they have a certain, there's a certain threshold on which they can withstand 
And if the environment you're in exceeds that, you're fucked. Mm. So. Well, that's just bonkers, man. Yeah, that, but, would, that would suck. You know, it could be worse or it could be, you know, you could get in it and live. But if you want to gotten in it, you were guaranteed to die. So it's, you know, it's a last ditch effort. It's the last thing you want to have to do. So. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, I've just been super busy with work, of course, as always. I know I, I say that like every every show we do, but it just seems to be getting worse all the time. Well, I mean, they keep changing tax shit, so you that you find out on Twitter. <laughs> well, and then, you know, we can't really hire anybody, and there's people retiring and leaving for other places, and then uh, uh, yesterday or the day before, <clears throat> I was offered a uh, lateral transition um, to to take over budgeting for our branch, and that's going to be a lot of work, a nightmare. I like I know next to nothing about the budgeting process, and I'm going to become the subject matter expert in uh. budgeting for all all of our branch, which is our five or kind of six different. Sections or divisions or, yeah, sections within our branch. and This isn't going to be like that Jim Carrey movie where all of a sudden they put him into a position he knows nothing about. And it's a great promotion, and then they go defunct. And he, <laughs> he, he gets in trouble. Well, I don't know. I was going to say it's the government, so it won't go defunct. But, you know, we have a fucking monster in the White that. House. So uh, that could very well happen. Um <sighs> But yeah, so then, you know, I had to sign up for, apparently there are courses taught for federal employees to learn how to, how the federal budget oh. operates and how you request and move money around and allocate funds for different resources. And I'll be doing that very soon. I signed up for an account at some Government, government website site. where I'll have, yeah, to, I, have to start doing I hate that. Those. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, horrible. it's going to be a lot of work. And of course I've got to transition my replacement into my spot and then, you know, take all this training to learn the budgeting to take over this other person's spot and then they'll be rotating out, but it's a good move. Um, it, it will, it's a nice little feather in my, in my cap, I guess. Yeah. And you know, it's always good to learn new things. So that's, that's exciting. It may not be super thrilling things that I'll be learning, but it's nice to know how the process works and you'll be putting out fires in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of, sort of, kind of, but that'll be interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also a little hesitant about it. Um, and then, yeah, just, so we're, like, work has just been nuts, and the stairs are coming along nicely. Yeah, they look good. My specialized fasteners finally arrived, and <laughs> I will be attaching the risers and treads, hopefully, maybe this weekend. Hopefully, maybe, possibly. <laughs> I have to, I have to put in, I have to put in the posts and prep and prep everything for the railing before I put the treads down because, of course, the posts, you know, go through where the tread would be on 
a couple of the stairs. So, okay. That's just, it's just a lot of stuff. I put, uh, it was like 80, 84 something screws into the, into the kickboards the other day. And yeah, just been trying to plan out how I'm going to be doing the railing and posts. I bought the materials for that. That should be interesting and fun. I got to do some, some more prep work on all of that, but I'm hoping that I can get these done maybe by the end of the month, if not, then the following week. And that, that should free up some more time for me. There'll be a lot of cleanup involved, but that that's just kind of part of the territory. I do this thing. I don't know if you're the same way where I just kind of leave a trail of tools and shit wherever I go. Oh yeah. Like I'm, I'm terrible about cleaning up as I'm going along. I should, I've gotten better about it, but I still need a lot of improvement in that area. Like yeah. I have, I, I, I will like clean my tables. whole garage, mm-hmm. then get started on another project. And it will look like I took every case, every box, every tool and just dumped it out by the time I'm done. <laughs> oh, good. And halfway through, yeah, halfway through doing a project, I'm like, it's much better when I'm organized. If I keep putting the tool back where it belongs, I know exactly where to go get it instead of trying to look over my table being like, oh, where did I leave that chisel? <laughs> well, I'm glad that I'm not alone in this because no, nope, no, nope, you are definitely not alone because it's really bad sometimes. Like I spent probably I don't know a little over an hour last night just looking for one of my fucking utility knives, and yeah. found it the next day on accident when I moved my tool belt that was on one of the tables and it fell out of one of the pockets. So. Yeah, it would be better. It would be better if I were more organized because then, like you said, I yeah, I could just know. Oh, this is where that thing is. But I don't know. Yeah. It's like I get excited in the process, and I just want to get the thing done. And it feels like any any time spent doing other things like cleaning up and putting stuff away just lengthens the time of the project. When in fact, the opposite is true. Because if I were more organized and and did things. In a You'd cleaner, spend less time looking for them. Yeah, I would. I would spend a lot less time looking for shit to complete the tasks that I'm trying to do. So, yeah, it's just one of those. Thi- I, it's just one of those. Weird I'll mental get all things. my components made, and I'm really want to see them assembled. Mm-hmm. So I kind of rush to be like, okay, I, if I did this all right, this will all go together correctly. Oh, I fucked up. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened a few times. Yeah. Yeah. I've, there's a couple things about the stairs that like I've, you know, I'll, I'll finish one thing and I'll stand back and like hands on my hips, you know, fists on my hips, <laughs> like a superhero thinking I'm really fucking cool. And then I notice something I did really bad and I'm like, God damn it. Ah, shit. Yeah. Like we have, uh, all of my internet equipment is in, a storage closet on the exterior of the house on that big side porch that we've got. And yeah. I don't know why they did that. That's, that's how it was when we moved in here. And I just haven't bothered to change it because I would need to hire a contractor to come in and move because it's a fiber line into that closet. So I would need somebody to come in. I don't, I don't do fiber stuff. So I would need to hire somebody to do that. Anyway, I haven't changed anything. The problem is that <laughs> that closet there, you know, I had to run, uh, new Ethernet line from that closet into the house when I upgraded our internet. 
And so it just kind of hangs out on the outside or the exterior of the house. And while I was attaching the stringers to the house, I lifted that wire up and out of the way, attached all of the stringers, got everything going, put the kickboards on. And then I was like, oh, fuck. I need to, that, that needs to go underneath. And that needs to go under the stairs. And I can't, like, there's no, there's no way to just, you know, put it under the stairs. I had to go into the closet, you know, undo all of my cabling in there, un, you know, unattach it, unplug that, feed it through the hole in the wall. You know, there's like 30 feet of wire that I had to feed through the hole in the wall, loop it under the stairs again, tape it all up, feed it back through the hole. It's just, yeah. Just one of those stupid things that you're like, God damn it. How could I be so dumb? I, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do that stuff a lot. And then yeah. I have to fix it later. But it's, it's uh, good times. There's <sighs> a lot going on right now in the news and our country. It just seems like everything's going downhill and getting really, really bad. And we've been saying it's going to get bad for quite a while. I just think... We, I'm, I'm still not mentally prepared for how bad things have gotten and how much worse they're going to be. And I just, yeah, it's, it's just really terrible. Should we talk about that? Yeah, we'll do that in just a minute. Let's take a little break first. Hey, everybody, it's X from the Utah Outcasts podcast and YouTube channel, and you're listening to the Godless Revolution. The second absence. And this is probably the biggest one. The second absence is the absence of evidence for a God. If there were evidence for a God, we would have seen it tonight. It would have been on the table. Jerry would have said, here's the evidence for a God. Not evidence against evolution. That's just a gap. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. During the break... Uh, I asked Ryan if he watches Rachel Maddow, and he said he does a lot, but he has not seen the most recent episode. Last night's episode, uh, so it would have been uh, Wednesday the 23rd. 23rd. If you have not seen it yet, you should probably go and watch it. It was really good and also terrifying. Um, on Sunday, I was watching the... My Sunday news programs, as I'm wont to do on the Sundays. And um, I was watching, trying to remember which show it was. I think it was, I think it was this week with George Stephanopoulos. And he was interviewing Ted Cruz, and Cruz basically gave away the whole game on Sunday. Uh, He mentioned, he mentioned that they need to get somebody affirmed or confirmed to serve on the Supreme court because there will certainly be contested um, states where the election is contested and those cases will more than likely move up to the Supreme court who will ultimately decide who is going to win the election. So he basically telegraphed it, gave it all away that the whole reason they are in such a mad scramble to get somebody appointed to the Supreme Court right now is because they know that that is the only way that they could possibly try to maintain 
their stranglehold on American politics and keep Donald Trump in the White House. Yeah. And it's kind of terrifying because we've seen them run roughshod over every institution that we have, every government institution, every government entity, every everything that makes America America has become corrupted under this president. And we're losing faith in all of our government institutions, which I think is the has been the goal of Republicans and libertarians for well, I was gonna say a very Russia. long time. <laughs> well, yeah, end of Russia. It's weird how those how those uh, you know goals seem to overlap and run right parallel with each other for so many of these asshole groups. Um, yeah, I mean. When when our enemy is cheering for someone to win an election, it's it's not for a good reason. No, oh, and actually, I think it was on Meet the Press. I I, I I think I said this week with George Stephanopoulos, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was Meet the Press, and okay. Chuck Todd was interviewing him. But, but he, oh, go ahead. I was just say I think they're trying to work multiple angles because I was reading another article. Uh, I sent it to Sarah. I should send it to you as well. Uh, it's a pretty good one. It's a long one, mm-hmm. which is why we're not going to read the whole fucking thing. <laughs> uh, but it's basically going into how they've been having meetings in states with, with Republican leaders, basically trying to be like, hey, um, you know, it's technically not against the law for when the person casts the ballot for that area to switch it. Like there's no prison time. There's you can they can incur a fine, but it's pretty much embedded. It's gonna be like we'll cover the fucking fine. Just if Biden wins, don't put his name down. Put Trump's name down, and it's 100 percent legal. Appoint people who are going to be faithless electors who are not going to actually represent yeah. the electoral votes in their state. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Maddow talked about that a bit last night. There's this article that I have here from Maddow blog, um, which I believe is written by Steve. Yeah. Steve Bennon is on the byline here. It says Maddow blog, get rid of the ballots. Trump combats his own country's elections. American presidents are, aren't traditionally asked whether they'll commit to a peaceful transition of power because the question is generally seen as unnecessary. It's simply assumed that in the United States, chief executives, regardless of party, will respect and honor the foundations of our democracy. For generations, few thought to ask because the answer was self-evident. In 2020, that's no longer the case. In light of Donald Trump's overt hostility toward toward democratic principles, the question has become necessary. And as the Republican reminded the world yesterday, his perspective on this is chilling to those who want to see the American experiment survive. President Donald Trump was asked Wednesday whether he would commit to a peaceful transfer of power should he lose this fall to Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. The president declined to do so. Well, we're going to have to see what happens, Trump said in a response to Mm -hmm. a direct question about a possible peaceful transition of power. You know that I've been complaining very strongly about the ballots, and the ballots are a disaster. Pressed further, the Republican added, We want to have... Get rid of the ballots and you'll have a very, we'll have a very peaceful, well, there won't be a transfer, frankly. There will be a, a continuation. The ballots are out of control. So he's basically saying that if nobody votes, then I won't have to leave office. If I can make sure that I 
disqualify enough people from voting or disenfranchise enough people, then there won't be a transition of power. There, there will yeah. be no, you know, peaceful transition of power won't even be a question because there will be no transfer of power. I will just maintain power. Yeah. Which is where I, I found the part in the article I have here where they, you know how we like words have meanings. And this is where words have meanings can fuck you. Mm-hmm. Where it says, according to the 20th Amendment, it is crystal clear that the president's term in office shall end at noon on January 20th. But two men could show up at the show up to be sworn in. One of them would arrive with all the tools and power of the presidency already in hand. So at noon on January 20th, you sh- that's when it should or shall end. Not saying has to. Or must? No, that's what so, shall. That's what shall means. Like shall is, shall isn't. You know, should shall is. This will happen. This but, is. This is what. This is the thing that that is going to happen. Not. Not. You know. This is up to somebody's discretion or whatever. It's. This is the thing. This shall be done. But I'm. I'm going off of playing with the Republicans playing word games. Oh sure. Doesn't yeah. say must. Doesn't say we have to. Well, but shall is synonymous with that. That's it's the same thing. But That's, we're talking about Republicans here. And <laughs> well, and the the story I've got uh, continues and says, with election day just forty days away, with millions of Americans already casting their votes, the sitting American president believes that the key to him maintaining power is to get rid of the ballots. To the extent that reality still has any meaning, the ballots are not a disaster. They're also not out of control. Trump appears to be referring to a common process in which voters register their preference by mailing their ballots to election officials instead of voting in person. If the White House has any evidence of flaws in the system, it's kept that information well hidden. It's also worth noting for context that the president hasn't always maintained this posture. In early June, Trump sat down with Fox News's Harris Faulkner, who asked whether the president would agree to voluntarily exit the White House if the election doesn't go his way. Trump responded, Certainly, if I don't win, I don't win. The Republican added that if he comes up short, you go on, do other things. A Politico report added at the time, Though the president has never given any serious indication that, oh, that's somebody else speaking. <laughs> the president has never <laughs> given any serious indication that he might not leave once, or that he might not leave office if he were to lose re-election. His comments aired Friday appear to be the first time he has publicly committed to doing so. The Republicans' commitments, however, have since changed. Nearly four months after saying he'd accept a defeat, Trump is now raising the prospect of disqualifying ballots he doesn't like, guaranteeing a yeah. continuation of power regardless of the wishes of his own country's citizens. It's against this backdrop that The Atlantic published a breathtaking report from Barton Gelman, and this is probably the article you're talking about, I'm guessing, maybe? Uh, who wrote this one? It Des- might, I, is, it in the, is it from The Atlantic? Yeah, yep, that is from him. Describing a scenario in which Republican state legislators in key states may decide to nullify voters' wishes and dispatch Trump supporters to the Electoral College, even if the Democratic ticket wins their state. Yeah. Gelman spoke to three Republican leaders in Pennsylvania who told him, quote, they had already discussed the direct appointment of electors among themselves, and one said he had discussed it with Trump's national campaign. Yeah. Trump has also spoken publicly about his supporters voting twice. 
Trump has also spoken publicly about his interest in delaying U.S. elections. Trump has also spoken publicly about his belief that he's entitled to more than two terms in office. Trump yeah, has also he'll, they'll negotiate it. Yeah. Trump has also spoken publicly about his lawsuits intended to make it more difficult for Americans to participate in their own elections. And Trump has also publicly questioned the legitimacy of any election in which he loses. When some make the case that democracy itself is on the ballot in 2020, it's more than just an election year slogan. It's a warning about a legitimate threat to our system of government. And if and that's the end of the story, and if people don't realize the very real threat that Donald Trump is making here, that would that would be to everybody's detriment. Yeah. Um, when I when I posted about um, Ted Cruz, you know, basically telegraphing what's going on with the Supreme Court and why they wanted to get somebody on there. Uh, one of my Facebook friends commented and said, well, that's just silly Republicans, <laughs> Republicans, that would be ridiculous for Republicans to do something like that, to, to allow that to happen. And it's like, okay, well, are you trying they're, to argue that they're not ridiculous? <laughs> like, yeah. Or that they're not already trying to put this in place. Yeah. Have you, have you not paid attention to anything that has happened since 2016? Hell, anything that has happened in the last 20 plus years of the Republican playbook of what they've been trying to do this entire time and have been hugely successful in a lot of their efforts, gerrymandering being probably number one on the list. Yeah. Where I saw someone yesterday trying to say Hillary never conceded. Like, yes, she did. Yeah. Who, what? Like, well, here's all the time she complained about why she lost. I'm like, yeah, she complained, but she conceded. Uh huh. She accepted the loss. Did she complain about it? Yeah. Did she say, oh, we made mistakes here and here and here and here and here? Yes. But did she concede? Yes. Yeah. And it just, it just kills me that so many people have this belief that, oh no, our government institutions will save us. What, what have they, what have these government institutions done for you since 2016? We've seen the CDC become a laughing stock. The FDA become irrelevant. The USDA become irrelevant. The science become irrelevant. Yeah. Science become irrelevant. (laughs) The United States Postal Service being fucked with by Trump appointees to try to tilt the election in his favor. What government institution does, does anybody out there believe has not yet been corrupted by the Trump administration. The EPA for Christ's sake is no longer in the business of protecting our environment. Like I I watched a bunch of the stuff when they had um, uh, the, the postmaster general being deposed on the stand. And when they asked them, so did you take these machines out? Yes. Well, do you have new ones? No. Are you going to put the old ones back in place? No. Are you trying to slow the mail system down? No. You removed their sorting machines. How is that not slowing it down? And well, you don't plan to replace them. Yeah, and he, he tried arguing that they weren't necessary. Okay, well. They're wholly the, necessary. How else do you sort the fucking mail unless it's by hand? <laughs> and, and if they weren't necessary, then why is mail getting stacked up everywhere? Yeah. And why are you telling and, people to leave, to head out on their routes before they've completed sorting the mail and to just let that mail 
you know, sit on the side and if, hopefully one day, eventually you'll get to it. Well, maybe that has to do with the fact that even if you, if you send your ballot, your ballot in on time, it has to be postmarked by a certain date. It also has to be counted by a certain date. Mm-hmm. So if you can take those legal ballots and make them, you know, not get delivered until past a certain date, technically they can't be counted. Yeah. The longer you can delay it, the, the, the more time you provide Trump and his cronies to, to try to say that the election isn't valid, you know, to run their fucking greasy mouths about how the election has been corrupted when they're the ones who are working to corrupt it. They're the ones who are working to disenfranchise our fellow citizens from being able to vote and have their voices heard. And also I feel like I've been incredibly naive. Like I I feel like I've been like, like I believed I was being clear eyed, but in retrospect, I have been naive myself in just like, I've, I've always believed that Donald Trump is a monster and a horrible human being and a criminal and somebody who is unencumbered by things like ethics and morals, right? Oh, but I, I knew that about I, him before he got elected. I, I guess my my primary failing here is that I was still under the the misguided belief. I was still operating under the misguided belief that the rest of our fellow citizens would not allow these types of things to happen. Even even believing that. Republicans themselves, the Republican Party writ large, would work to stop the the more horrendous parts of of Trumpism and of him trying to disenfranchise voters and you know grab more and more power. I I thought Republicans themselves would have a problem with that and would work to thwart those efforts. And I, I, I was it, naive. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it kind of comes down to the fact. Well, especially the the you know the big guys like McConnell and them, they want the power too. And right now, they have some power. Trump's gone; they lose that power. Mm-hmm. So, him having this power also grants them power, and you know they can get away with a lot of shit. Hmm. And and I, you know, had believed that our fellow citizens would not stand for this. Of course, that was before I witnessed, you know, via newscasts almost on a daily basis now, showing armed militia roaming the streets, sometimes opening fire and fucking killing people in the middle of the street. And our dear leader laughing and praising a MSNBC reporter being shot with rubber bullets in the crowd cheering it. Yeah. Yeah. Cheering it like and hoping that it happens to more people. That's that's the level we're at. And they said they, uh, these are the same people that say Obama was the most divisive president. <laughs> yeah. Was there some division with Obama? Of course there was. Has it gotten worse? I would say yes. And you know what's at the heart of all of this? The heart of... Social fucking media. The dark, grimy, slimy fucking heart of all of this fuckery is religion. 
religion has that, taught people to accept what their leaders say uncritically, unthinkingly, to revere them, to do whatever they say, to not be skeptical, to not look to other sources, right? Every fucking religion in the world tells you to not pay attention to outside sources of information, only pay attention yeah. to what we're telling you. That's what they're doing with Donald Trump. That's how Trump operates. That's how all of his supporters operate. They listen to nobody but him and the sources that he tells them are okay to look at. Well, I remember in 2016 when uh, he was running and we had played a clip where it was a, a religious group that was all for Trump. And they're asking like, well, what about his infidelity? What about all this and this? And they're basically like, we don't care about that as long as he kills Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the other part of this, too, is that not only has their religion taught them to only accept the word of dear leader, but it's taught them that, you know, black people are bad. You know, every, there is no Christian faith out there that is not based on the Bible, of course, and in the Bible it condones slavery. So you've got your racism mm -hmm. in there. It's then and you've sexism. got yeah, and sexism. Then you've got all the evangelical leaders and a lot of Christian leaders telling you that women are bad and should be shamed and shouldn't have control over their bodies. And so abortion is also very bad. And so now you've got a bunch of single-minded, one-track, one-issue voters out there who are only listening to one source of information and who believe that abortion is evil and that the ends justify the means. And so whatever they can do to ensure that abortion rights are rolled back and a woman's right to choose what happens with her own body is taken away from her, they will do whatever they can to make those things happen. Yep. They, they, will, they will rig elections. They will you know, put in faithless electors. They will, they'll, they'll try to deny people their ballots in voting all in an effort to maintain power and control from the, for the person at the top, because that's who they yeah, like, believe is their savior who will always work and support them when there is no evidence that any of that is happening to them, to, to so many people on the right and in the Republican party, Donald Trump is their new God. Yeah. Trying to look this up real quick. Because Trump passed a executive order, I saw someone post about, uh, where it's basically an abortion survival executive order saying if you survive an abortion, they can't kill you. What? Which? The, who can't kill you? The doctors? <laughs> Which, in if my you mind, survive an like, abortion, like, you're good forever. You second. can never be killed. If you survive an abortion, you weren't, it, it wasn't a successful ab abortion. And most abortions that happen are before it's a viable, you know, full term fetus, so it can't survive. Mm -hmm. Or it's during the first trimester. Uh, and if it's during the third trimester, the fetus is usually already dead and won't survive. I, uh, I, I'm confused about this. I survived an abortion thing, so I I'm, get to not be killed now. My, my guess is that it's that it's one of these bullshit feel good things where they're just saying that if you try to abort a fetus one time, you only get one shot. <laughs> you can you can only try to kill 
that fetus one time. You can only try to remove that fetus one time. And if you're unsuccessful, then you're done. There's yeah, no three strikes I'm, rule here. You get one shot. Yeah, I've never, I guess, I mean, maybe it happens. Maybe someone tries to get an abortion and the abortion wasn't successful. And now they're like, well, because as far as I know, no. If you give birth to a live infant, they can't just kill it. Yeah. Once once it comes out, it's out. It's there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any states where you're allowed to have an abortion with a viable uh, fetus during the third term. Yeah, that changes. Like that that depends on the state, and there's a bunch of different laws and rules and regulations against that, and it's different in every state. So it is. But I, for some reason, I thought the only like time you're allowed to have an abortion during the third trimester is basically saying it's dead, or your life is in danger. We need to end this. Yeah, yeah. Like and- uh, so, uh, an elective abortion in third term, your third trimester isn't really a thing i thought like you can't have you can have an elective abortion the first and second but not third yeah like i said it depends on the state and what their laws are but as a general rule you know that's that's mostly true that most states don't allow abortions in the third trimester but you get the crazy catholics who think that you can still end the well once it's born it's an infant that you can still end its life at that point. You can give birth, then like, I don't know, squash its head or something. I don't know. I don't know what they think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they think goes on. <laughs> I don't know. It's, but, but it, this all brings back to me the, the idea that, you know, you should challenge people on their terrible ideas about things. their their bad reasoning and bad thinking about things. Even if it's just one thing, right? If this person is right about, or 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 more correct about just about everything and they have a terrible view about one thing well maybe that one thing is the one thing that is going to motivate them and hordes of credulous dipshits to believe that Donald Trump is going to be their white knight savior who's going to end abortion in the United States and it doesn't matter you know if, if that thing is the most important thing in the world to them it doesn't nothing else matters it doesn't matter that you know he bragged about sexually assaulting people. It doesn't matter that he has entangled his businesses in criminal ways. It doesn't matter that he's influenced all of our institutions in a very negative way. It doesn't matter that he's corrupted everything. It doesn't, you know, none of that matters if this one thing is the most important thing to them. Yeah. Which is the opposite of how most liberals vote. Yeah. Like, I hate that. It's like, well, I don't agree with his stance on this, so I won't vote for him. But do you agree with most everything else? Well, yeah. Do you think the other candidate's a complete piece of shit? Well, yeah, but I'm not going to vote for either. It's like, well, motherfuckers, you see how that worked last time? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It did. I have no problem with the third-party candidate if they're viable, just like the fetus. Yeah. But we're in the third trimester now, and that fucking third candidate isn't fucking viable so fucking abort it. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to talk about, or don't want to talk very much more about Donald Trump tonight. Let's talk about, let's, let's talk about something better on, on the other side of this little break. Yeah. We can talk about better too, but we, I got that one other piece of shit I'm going to talk about too. Oh, okay. Well, let's do that in just a okay. minute. Okay. 
This is Dr. Dan, Matt's boss from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, and you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Oh shit, did I say revolution? I mean revolution. Bloody Americans fucking up the language. You can edit that, right, Spike? The state of mind that everyone's in, including the press, in listening to him is just is to take potentially the most serious things in the world not seriously, and the, the least serious things in the world, like, you know, Meryl Streep, or what he thinks of her acting... Uh, you know, that becomes a, that dominates a whole news cycle. It's, uh, it's very upside down. It seems to me to be quite new as opposed to, I mean, lies are, are perennial, but I feel like we're in a very different space now with, with, with the consequences of, of misinformation. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Okay, okay, okay. I guess there's something that is tangentially tied to Donald Trump that we're going to talk about here, uh, only because it's like, wow, this guy... Yeah. What an asshole. What, what, uh, what a, what a horrible, awful piece of shit. And it's, it's tied to what we just talked about in the last segment too, but, uh, you know, we, we can't bring you up until we make crush you again. So we're going to crush you again. <laughs> uh, we're going to make you screamy and angry. Uh, the first thing that makes you screamy and angry, of course, is the passing of RBG, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, I was sitting on the couch. Oh no, we were sitting outside. We're having a little, little, little fire outside, and Sarah just goes, "Fuck!" And I was like, "What?" She's like, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck." And I was like, "Oh, this can't be good." Hopefully, no one died in your family. No, several was fucks. Like, yeah, yeah. And then it was like, "No, Ruth Bader Ginsburg just died," and I was like, "Oh, fuck, fuck." That was my response. Just a very yeah. long fuck. Yeah, I think I just texted you. We are fucked now. Uh huh. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I you mean, were the first person that I heard it from. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much as, after Sarah's long lines of fucks, I sent you that text. <laughs> but I mean, so she was an awesome woman. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of really good stuff mm-hmm. for a very long time, even before she was on the court. Uh. But, of course, her passing can't go without some crazy fucking religious zealots fucking praising the shit out of her death. And even multiple people claiming they're the reason why she died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why we're going to bring you to this crazy. Uh, Robert Henderson. Never heard of him before. Uh, he's never on our radar until we, I, I, I found this. Uh, which just goes to show how crazy this fucker is and how they're getting people to vote on one thing only. Uh, we'll, we'll let you find out what that is when we play the video here because, yeah, he's uh, animated and fucking nuts. Uh-huh. Yeah, check this out. We were in the meeting on Monday night in D.C., and I told him, I said, look, we need to go into the courts of heaven right now while we're on site in D.C., and we need to shut the mouth of the lion judicially. We need to ask for a judgment against the lion that has actually been devouring and intends to devour from the Supreme Court. We need to get a judgment against this lion. That What the fuck is he even talking about? Like, 
it strikes me that he's using all of this weird, you know, biblically related language to try to drive home his point. It's just, it's fucking weird to me that people talk like this in real life. Like, and then that other people are like, yeah, yeah. Close the mouth of the lion. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And sit in judgment in in God's judgment of this court. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. And he, well, he's basically also telling his parishioners that they are the most powerful people on earth because they have their, their, they got God to listen to them and yeah, there's a part coming up here where he says something that I'm like, what? Yeah. 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 And Paul said, God shut the mouth up. So I led us into that place. Well, guess what? Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away. President Trump will establish a new Supreme Court justice. And the people cheer because that's great fucking news. Apparently disregarding the fact that their God hasn't done a fucking thing to Ruth Bader Ginsburg until she was what 87 wasn't she 90 how old was she no yeah old (laughs) and riddled with cancer let's see how old was ruth i believe she was i want to say 87 but that's yeah 87 yeah she died at the ripe old age of 87 years old so their god did fuck all the whole you know for the millions of years before she existed and then allowed her to have an entire long career and sit on the Supreme court until she was 87 and so frail and just died of old age. That's their wonderful, powerful God. That's the power that they've brought down that they, that they've brought to bear on the Supreme court of the United States. What a weak ass fucking God. Well, it's also the fact that this God couldn't do that unless them and their parishion asked him to do it. Oh yeah, he had like, to be he had to be poked and prodded and and cajoled. Yeah, and this like, I don't fucking idiot is the one who got God to do his bidding. He's so powerful himself. Yeah, yeah. that's no accident. That's no accident. We dealt with that very significant. Someone said, now, how can you have the authority to do that? Because we are a house of prayer. Oh, okay. And it just didn't fucking occur to you to do anything until really recently. Are you fucking stupid? Well, you've shown us that you are, but. Yeah. I mean, they could have been doing this for the last 20 years. Yeah. He just takes a really long time to come to a judgment. (laughs) Or this guy finally was just like, oh, shit, you know, I lead a church. Maybe I should just get Jesus on the phone and we should handle this shit. I'll just pray. I'll I'll just pray to my God and he'll just come down and handle this shit, man. Why didn't I think of this sooner? You got to flop on the floor to dial the right number to God. No individual can do that, but a house of prayer that is representing a culture can stand in the courts of heaven and get verdicts rendered out of heaven that will allow God's will to be done. Do you need to understand, if we don't shut down this abortion issue, that blood altar will invite demonic powers into this nation. It will continue to do it. As bad as killing babies is, it's not just about the babies, it's about a blood altar that is inviting demonic powers. We have to shut it down. And we need a judgment, a judgment, a judgment against the mouth of the lion. Yeah, that's bonkers. Yeah. 
I just I, I find it how abortion creates a blood altar for demonic powers or something, mm-hmm. but all the wars and all that that spills way more blood and death or COVID um, doesn't bring about demonic powers. Yeah. Yeah. So, so grossly and ineptly handling a pandemic in our country that more than 200,000 people have now died way, way out of line with the rest of the world. The United States has so many more cases, so many more deaths because of the gross mismanagement by this administration, but that's not a problem for him. That's not a problem for this guy. That's not a problem for God. God created all of this. God allows all of this to happen. Why yeah. Why would anybody worship a being that allows all of this to happen and then will only act if you beg him to do something? And if he has a plan, how is you begging him to do something going to change any of that? It's just yeah. stupid. These people are stupid. There's something fucking wrong in their head. Or, or does the begging get him to change his perfect plan? Uh, it's so frustrating. And the, and I'm sure they're not, you know, generally stupid about things. They they use motivated reasoning to come to conclusions that provide emotional sucker and comfort to them. That's that's all it is. They're not but dumb. The motivation people. is flawed. Yeah, they're not dumb people. They're they're unskeptical. They're not, they don't think about the things that they're saying because it provides emotional support for them. It makes them feel better emotionally. It, it gets in their all, it gets in their feelies and makes them feel good about things. They're, they're feeling good about celebrating the death of somebody who devoted her life to public service. Yeah. And they think that's and what their God would want them to do. That's disgusting. It, and, and made her judgments based off the constitution and basically the morality of being like, what's best for everyone, not just white people or black people or brown people or straight or gay or whatever you are, you're all equal. Yeah. So you all deserve the same shit. Well, and we've, and, and so to kind of put a, put a bow on all of this, there's been a lot of talk about, um, you know, if Trump does get somebody seated on the Supreme Court and if Biden wins the election and Trump is actually, you know, removed from office, God willing, <laughs> that, that, you know, Democrats and, and the Biden administration should pack the Supreme Court uh, because there's nothing in the U.S. Constitution that outlines the number of justices that will be serving on the Supreme Court. I also Correct. do not believe that there's anything that says how long their term should be on the Supreme Court. Regardless. Well, you, you can't remove them, though. So there's no, there's no term limit to the Supreme Court, but you're also not allowed to remove someone from the Supreme Court, as far as I understand. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just know that there's but the whole, there's whole, definitely nothing in yeah, there that says no, that there's you know what whatever number should be on the Supreme Court. Yeah, because I think we I, I remember reading the article on that. And I think it was it was like the 60s or 70s when we added the uh, ninth judge to the court. It's been it's been longer than that. It's been quite a was while, it, but it hasn't always been nine. No, no, it's been I think as low as I want to say six and as high as ten. And people are saying oh, wow. that if, you know, yeah. Biden wins, that they should pack the Supreme Court and appoint, you know, 11 or thir- have it be 11 or 13 justices. 
And I'm like, no, fuck that. The, our country should not be thrown into political upheaval and turmoil over the death of one justice of one person sitting yeah. on the Supreme court. We should make the Supreme court much larger. I would say make it 19 or 21 Supreme court justices. And then we can talk about, you know, the length of service that each justice would serve and all that kind of stuff. But the death of one person should not, should not bring our country to its knees, right? For, the president for a dies. generation or two. Yeah. The president dies and the world isn't on fire as much as when a Supreme court justice dies, right? It's, yeah. it, it should not be that way. We need, we need a much, much larger Supreme court. We need more justices on there. I know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg herself said that nine was the perfect number. Well, she's wrong. She's, she's just wrong. She's wrong about stuff. Sometimes everybody's wrong about stuff. Sometimes I mentioned earlier in the show where I was wrong about some stuff, <laughs> but we do need many more than just nine Supreme court justices. And I think they should absolutely pack the court and they can do that. If Biden wins, he should absolutely do that. That. I don't know what it takes constitutionally as far as number of votes to allow them to have to add more. Or if he's just allowed to say, hey, I want to add another Supreme Court justice, then Congress is like, OK, well, we'll vote on it. Yeah, well, if if Biden well, if it has to come from Congress, first. Yeah, if Biden wins and Democrats pick up control of the Senate, then they'd have all three houses and and it and it wouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Yeah. And. I, if, if Biden wins and, you know, we do take over the Senate and everything, they need to not do what Barack Obama did. Don't play, don't play nice and, and do patty cakes and kissy face with the Republicans. Yeah. Fuck that. Go in and assert your power immediately. Don't, don't try to reach across the aisle and get them on board because they are not interested in good governance. No. They are not going to do that themselves. They will lie. They're deceitful. They're not interested in having any relationship with you that is not to their benefit. They've shown us yeah. that time and time again. Their word cannot be taken for fucking anything. Lindsey Graham. It, it early, didn't work for Obama, yeah. so it's not going to work. This time. Yeah. Lindsey Graham. Definitely not going to work now. Lindsey Graham earlier today or yesterday, you know, in, in talking about Donald Trump and Donald Trump not saying that he will peacefully, that there, that there won't be, that he can't guarantee a peaceful transition of power. Lindsey Graham said, Oh, there will be. I can promise you that you can take my word for it. You've shown us that your word is worth fucking nothing. Lindsey Graham. Because you said that you yeah. would not support having – that you would not support appointing a Supreme Court justice in the last year of a presidency regardless. And you told us all to keep the tape, use your words against you, yeah. and when we do that, you just say, well, it's different. It, your it's word not. is worth nothing. We don't believe a fucking thing you say. You've, you've demonstrated that you cannot be trusted. So don't trust them. Don't work with them. Fucking run them over. Steamroll them. Vote them out of office and then make policy changes that guarantee that the shit that has gone on for the last four years can never happen again. Yeah. 
Cause Should we do some good news? Yes. <laughs> or, or I guess it might be good. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, I thought it was fun. So I thought it was. I, I had fun making it. <laughs> so you did this Godfather thing, and I didn't know at all what you were doing. You just, I think you just sent me a link one day out of the yeah. blue. You said that you wanted to record something for the show, and I said okay, great. And then that was all I heard about it until you sent me this link. And it was. I wanted to surprise you with it, and it was for this Godfather thing. And you clearly put some time into it. I mean, there, there, there were a lot of editing and music. Yeah, you know, I did all musical the voices. Background and an, an actual script. Like, tell me more yeah, about what you something. did here. Yeah. So, well, this was kind of like a tester. Like, I have parts of the Bible I wanted to take and do like longer versions of and stuff to basically make fun of it. But I thought, what if? I rewrote part of the Bibles as if it's a mob boss instead of God and actually have him be called like, you know, like the Godfather, like the mob and, uh, and, and put that spin on it and add cussing and, you know, vulgarity to it and have some fun with it and, and do voices and everything. And I was like, this could be fun. <laughs> like I'm going to write it. So I took, I'm like, ah, let's just take a simple one to write first. Let's do, you know, Genesis one and two. So I kind of took that and rewrote it and recorded it and did the voices and stuff and sent it to you. And I'm kind of also like, if, if people like it, let me know because I will do more of those. Or like I said in the thing, I'll just do more of them anyways. <laughs> yeah. If you don't let us know that you don't like it, well, they will continue. It's, they're gonna they're gonna keep coming at you. I'm gonna keep shoving them right into your earpipes. No, I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. I think you did a really good job on the voices and the and the editing and all. It was it was very well done. Thank you. I mean, I I, I had fun making it and uh, yeah. I just I don't want to do the. I'm not gonna do the whole fucking Bible. Yeah, that would be fucking ridiculous. But I thought about it being, well, if I take it as like, it's the Godfather, I could also interject like parts of the Book of Mormon or parts of the Quran and just kind of play with different religious stories, but have it be the Godfather doing it. I think it was yeah. very enjoyable. I liked it very much. <sighs> so I'll do more of those. Okay. I, I look forward to hearing them and and putting them out for the people's. To yeah. consume, to have it piped into their ear holes. Right in there. <laughs> like, like not even asking. I'm just putting them in. Yeah, well, and that's thanks for bad. doing that because I've just been kind of overwhelmed with everything that's going on and all the busyness and the things and stuff and junk. So I appreciated that well, very much. I mean, it's also part of like what we're talking about during episode 300. Like, what do we want to see? Or what do we want to do different for the show? And that was kind of one of the things that I've been wanting to kind of do for a little bit. Add more, I guess, religious based, humor injected content. Yeah. Yeah. A little skitty something, something. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I liked it very much. That'll wrap oh, yeah. things Thank up you. for us today for this episode uh before we go i want to make sure that we thank our patreon supporters that would be it's been a little while it it has been a little while thank you all I, I, i'm gonna try not to fuck this up so much our patreon supporters are alan firth 
Christy Kalbach. Gaytheist. Stephen Andrews. Two Skeptical Chaps. Vanessa. Don't Be a Richard. Ali Olson. John McCullough. Tiffany Hudson. Sinead Duffy. Utah Outcast. Wesley Aaron. Andrew Bonapich. Jeremy Goodson. Let Them Eat Kofefi. Jeff Peterson. Corey Ebert. Megan Mitchell. Freethinker215. Tim Jacobson. Janet Uter. Savita Kuna. Taylor Grin. Purple Dragon. Nico Gonzalez. Chad Pryor. Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel wants you to please support Atheists of Utah and PA non-believers. Woohoo! Good job. I've gotten better at reading stuff. Super good job, my friend. <laughs> nice chatting with you. It's been a minute. Yeah. Oh. It's uh, covid Glad your power's back on and that your bandsaw yeah. is, is providing you with the opportunity of resawing more wood. <laughs> yes. That's, I enjoy it. It's all exciting stuff. And so... Until next time, crucify Donald Trump. It would be interesting to see if he actually returns. Ooh. And don't forget to leave us a review and fucking vote. Please. Like, seriously, fucking vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, tell Sarah I said hello and uh, enjoy your dinner. I will. All right, man. Let me get some calamari. Mm. You like calamari? I do. It's fried. Oh. It's fried and eat. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. We'll talk to you later. You have a good one. All right. You you too. too. Bye-bye. All right.